In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about the problem of peer pressure. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with the University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson on a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I'm great. I'm drinking a pretty decent cup of coffee, and uh, I had a pretty decent nap and uh, a very edifying uh, time together at uh, at worship this morning. How are you doing? I tell you what, what I'm drinking is not coffee. It's it's one of those herbal teas that basically have no flavor, nothing in it, but it does feel good on my throat. And speaking of which, I feel like I have my voice mostly back. This is kind of exciting for me. I had people expressing grave concern for you after last week's episode. <laughs> they, they, they thought Kenny's in really bad shape. You know, I work in a profession where being able to talk is something that is kind of part and parcel with what I do. It was hard last week, I don't mind telling you at all. Not our conversation, but just getting through classes. That was a trick, but I, I feel a lot better, and I appreciate everybody who expressed some concern. Today, what you did was you talked about peer pressure. We think about this really as a topic that we often bring up with teens and school kids. You, you even made the, the reference to an after-school special. But I tell you what, you, you just dated both of us there, Josh. Why is peer pressure something that all of us really should worry about? You know, I've had this lesson on the on the calendar for a while now, and it was one of the topics that when I was out in Dallas, they'd asked me to to hold a class about, so... I'm not going to necessarily prepare a lesson for one place and never utilize it uh, somewhere else. <laughs> but idea. preparing that, you are preparing it for a, a younger audience. They're asking you to to talk to teenagers. But you can't help but but note um, just how relevant that is for discussions that we have with everybody. After our worship this morning, Sister Merle, who teaches... My youngest son's class, Ethan, and he's in the fourth and fifth grade class um, at, at church. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, talk to Ethan and ask him what his class was about, because we were talking about Aaron building the golden yeah. calf, and we talked about peer pressure, because guess what? You read Exodus chapter 32, and Aaron went along with it pretty well, but it didn't seem like it was Aaron's idea. Is everybody else comes to Aaron and says, hey, Aaron which Aaron is over um, 80 years old at this yeah. point and one of God's you know chosen leaders of Israel. But the people all come to Aaron and say, hey, we don't know where Moses is. We don't know what's happened right. to him. So make us a God that can lead us. And Aaron goes along with it. Um, so biblically speaking, and of course we use the example of Barnabas in the uh, sermon this yeah. morning, but biblically speaking, uh, this is not something that is just a young person's issue. And I think you and I, and really all of us, as we look around at our culture and we talk about how different our culture is now, how many people just lack a sense of peace, how there's so much division, how there's so much anger and all these things that permeate our culture. Well, why is that? Why is it that that's affecting Christians? Mm-hmm. It's because we're being influenced by the culture around us. And we may not call it peer pressure, but it's hard to to be the calm person in your in your workplace when everybody else in your workplace is angry. Yeah. Uh, so we we feel that. I don't know, Kenny, what's your what's your thinking on that? I, I watch this play out over and over again. 
I mean, you could even look back to, at the story uh, of Jesus when he makes the triumphal entry. Uh, there are people who are laying down uh, basically palm leaves for him. But by the end of the week, people are going to are, are going to be uh, wanting to kill him. Apparently, there's there's a lot of changed minds. I, I'm kind of the, of the opinion that there was still a, a, a group of people that were very much in support of Jesus. But it didn't take much for some of them to change their minds pretty quickly about who Jesus was and, and basically go along with the group to, to crucify him. We don't really call it uh, uh, peer pressure at that point. We often call it mob mentality, but it's the same. It's the same phenomenon. Mob mentality, group think. Yeah. The, these are these are things we talk about with adults, not necessarily kids, uh, and, and it has you know can have devastating effect in our society. So it is definitely something when we look at that exhortation from Paul in Second Corinthians six and verse fourteen, mm-hmm. not to be unequ- unequally yoked with unbelievers, and you know we looked at that primarily this morning as our personal associations. I think there's other ways in which we can take that exhortation. Don't be unequally yoked with whatever news outlet you, you know, tend to watch. Don't be unequally yoked with whatever politician you tend to listen to. Don't be unequally yoked with whatever, you know, media you typically ingest. Mm-hmm. These are these are all influences that don't have a whole lot to do with righteousness and light and God. Uh, it's not that we're going to get away from them, and they can be utilized, and they can be utilized effectively sometimes, but I cannot let those things be the driving force in my life. That, that's exactly right. You, you, you kind of make the, the reference. You have to be tethered to a standard that doesn't change, frankly, because it, it, if you're going to go along with the crowd, you will just you will be as rootless as the crowd is, because the crowd changes quickly. One of the things that you that you talked about is, is the cost of our choices. Uh, you used a, a, an example of Android versus iPhone. I had to chuckle at that. I am a, a conscientious uh, uh, Android user. That said, I think you are spot on right. Every choice you make has a cost. What is the cost of peer pressure? What, what's the cost of Christianity for that matter? I'm going to go to Matthew 10 here. Uh, this was another passage that I could have wrapped in this morning. I, I didn't for the, for the sake of time. And in Matthew 10, Jesus is is talking to his closest disciples, and he's telling them about the work that he has for them and how he wants them to go out. And everything he tells them privately, they need to go out and they need to declare it publicly. And so he says to them in verse 26, do not fear them. Now, we don't necessarily think about peer pressure and fear, but there's a lot of fear involved in peer pressure. There's the fear of not being accepted. There's the fear uh, of being marginalized, of, of being, you know, on the outside. Jesus here is not just talking about, you know, don't fear about being marginalized. You fear, you know, don't fear being beaten. Don't fear being jailed. Don't fear, you know, all these other things, but there's still, there's still an application there. So he says, don't fear them. There's nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. And he goes on to talk about how they need to fear God rather than fear um, you know, man. But he continues in verse 32, everyone who confesses me before men, I'll also confess him before my father who is in heaven. And whoever denies me before men, I'll also deny him before my father who is in heaven. What's the cost of peer pressure? 
I mean, there are many costs, but ultimately the cost is is what is it doing to my relationship with God, and which is where Paul was going in Second Corinthians chapter six. Their being unequally yoked with unbelievers was affecting their relationship with Paul, and, and Paul brings that to their mind. He's he's begging them, you know, my heart's open to you. Open your heart to me. But that's not what he focuses on. He focuses on here's your God. Mm-hmm. And and your God is is wanting to have a relationship with you. He's wanting you to be his sons and daughters. And yet these other relationships, uh, these influences that that are are steering you toward you know unrighteousness and darkness, that's going to cost you ultimately what you want. And, and so the cost of peer pressure is is you know a, a healthy relationship with God. What is the cost of Christianity? Everything else. You know, if I'm choosing God in some way, I'm I'm saying it's worth everything else. And so those passages, you know, with Jesus speaking of, you know, he who who comes after me must hate his father, hate his mother, you know, deny himself, you know, everything else has to be sacrificed if I choose yeah. God. Now, we can talk more here in a minute, probably when we talk about benefits of, well, am I really saying that I have nothing else? Um, as C.S. Lewis puts it, you kind of get God and everything else thrown in. Before we started recording, we talked about how this question that we're talking about now and the next question, we might as well get to it, are, are basically two sides of the same coin. Because the next question is, uh, what, what, what's the benefit? What's the benefit of peer pressure? What's the benefit of righteousness? So why don't you go ahead and tackle the other side of that coin, Josh? Do you remember when um, Jesus has his discussion with the uh, rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler goes away sad for he had great riches, mm-hmm. and Jesus goes on to, to tell his disciples, you know, it, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven for, than for a camel to enter through the eye of mm-hmm. a needle. And his disciples are perplexed by this, like, well, how can this be? If this is, if this is the case, who then can be right. saved? And... Peter responds with, oh, look here, look at everything we've given up, and and what are we going to get? And Jesus says to them, you know what, you're going to get some bad things, you're going to get some some trials and some persecutions, but if you've left houses, you're going to get more houses. And if you've left parents, you're going to get a larger family. And I'm I'm paraphrasing here, this is the Josh Krill translation. but his point was not that we're in into Christianity for the riches. But if if my following God and my choosing Christ cost me earthly relationships, mm-hmm. well, being part of God brings me into relationship with a whole lot of other people, uh, people who are like minded, uh, people in the church, people who are sharing a faith with me. Uh, if, you know, in the first century context, if my choosing to be a Christian costs me, you know, my home and physically I'm being kicked out of my home, well, guess what? I- I'm now part of a fellowship where a hundred people are inviting me into their homes. So that that's the benefit. Uh, the, the benefit of peer pressure is acceptance. That's what people want. But the benefit of choosing God is God's acceptance. And again, what comes with God's acceptance is everything that that everything that else that really we would mm-hmm. want. You know, even Jesus in, in Matthew six, where he's telling us not to worry about what we're going to have in this life, and he says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness; all these things will be added to mm-hmm. you." When I seek after God, I may not get the acceptance of this world. I'm not going to get the acceptance of this world, but I get the acceptance of 
of God's people, and I get uh, God himself. You referenced Paul and his missionary journeys, and, and really when you look at the, at the missionary journeys themselves, it's basically the same story that keeps on playing out over and over again. Paul comes to a town, they beat him up, they throw him out, and then he goes to the next one. Uh, with the with the exception of I think it was Lystra, where they beat where they stone him, throw him out of town, and he goes right back. And and the same guy that's writing this is is while he's on I think the first missionary journey, he writes to the Colossians, "You need to rejoice while you're suffering." And right there, that's the cost, and that's also the benefit. That that the rejoicing is because what you're doing is building a character that God is willing to accept. It's making you a better person. Eventually, Paul will have the, have, the, uh, have the ability to look back and see a bunch of churches that he helped create. And a lot of people who all along the road love him for exactly the thing that caused him to get beat up in almost every town he went to. Uh, you talked about Ephesus this, this morning as well. I mean, basically, Paul had a lecture circuit that he did for about two years in Ephesus. And I tell you what, he had a lot of influence there. And we're, we're about to talk about influence in, ju- in just a second. It's not like you ever get to not, it's not like you ever get to make a choice and not pay something. And it's not like you ever get to make a choice and not get something too. Every choice you make has a consequence to it. I, th- I think why we why we do tend to talk about peer pressure in young people so much is because we are talking to a group that maybe that they don't sit down and they don't think about long term consequences right. or ramifica- ramifications of choices. Hopefully, those of us who are older are doing that, but again, we we still find ourselves being swayed uh, by influence and by groupthink and mob mentality and all these other mm-hmm. things. But that's what we're having to do. You know, there there is no magic pill to, you know, say, okay, I'll never be influenced by my peers again. I'll never be influenced for wrong. The, the solution is, what is this costing me? That's right. And if I recognize that the high price uh, of going along with the world, then I can begin making the right choice. But I have to, I have to recognize what's the cost. I have to count the cost every yeah. time. High quality items have a high cost. God has the ultimate high quality, and it costs the ultimate. It, it, it has the ultimate cost. I, you talked about this, and I think this this was a, a smart place to go. How do you choose to be an influencer rather than just to be influenced? That's a good question, and, and I find it of interest uh, given kind of what's happened in our world where we have we have people who are consciously choosing and saying I am I am now an influencer mm-hmm. and now um, just like you you've heard you know what's the what do you call a leader um, who has no one following them it's someone out for a walk you know that's that's all that is um, you know there are people who say they're influencers well nobody's paying attention to mm-hmm. them. But we have, you know, via, you know, YouTube in particular and Instagram and other platforms, we have people who are making a conscious choice to, quote unquote, be an influencer. Mm-hmm. I think the influence that I was talking about this morning and uh, when it comes to peer pressure is maybe not even one you necessarily think about. Um, 
you're not consciously saying, I am going to be the influence for good. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, though, if we will choose to not be uh, the one who's you know influenced upon, uh, again, we're, we're offering an alternative. We're showing people, you know what? You don't have to go along with the crowd. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Then, then and there, I'm, I'm influencing others. I don't know how broad that influence is and, and how many people are going to, you know, uh, go that way. And I'll, I'll go back to my, my little experiment that I described at the beginning of, uh, of the lesson this morning. So I had two classes where everybody went along with it and they all said that what was clearly a shorter line was a longer line. So these, these other, you know, poor, you know, know, Jana was quizzing me earlier. He's like, who are the poor kids that you, you know, you tricked? (laughs) Well, you know, somebody has to be, you know, made an example of every time. Uh, But, you know, so they go along with it. Well, in the, in the middle school class, because there were two or three girls in that middle school class who wanted to give me a hard time. And so they said, you know what? I think both lines are the same length. <laughs> that was enough to the poor kid that I'd sent out of the room and didn't have any clue what was going on. That was enough for him to be able to say, I think the top line is the longer line, which was clearly the longer line. It didn't take much. It just, it just took, you know, a couple of people not going along with the flow of the rest of the, of the crowd. And now here that gave him the ability to say, you know what? I I know all you other crazy people are saying this really short line is a longer line, but that's not what my eyes are telling me. And my eyes are telling me that the top line is longer. Well, if I can do that, uh, if I can, um, resist and show what's most important to me, now, granted, I can then broaden my influence in other ways, and I can actively teach and actively, you know, bring people in and, and try to help them along the way. But a lot of that's not just a conscious choice. I'm going to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. It's just me being salt and light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what Jesus wants of all of us. When we put in those characteristics found in Matthew chapter 5, we become the salt and light. And then we influence others for good, whether or not we even necessarily think about it. You know the the only other thing, and I, I'll go ahead and say I, I am I consider my, myself a digital media influencer. I have the podcast, and, and, and that, that doesn't mean I'm a PewDiePie. It doesn't mean that I'm I'm one of these high paid anything. It just means that I'm willing to take a risk on something. Um, the, the vast majority of people make take a risk on nothing. They take a stand on nothing. They end up going along with a group of people, and you just hope they're all going in the right direction. And most of them aren't. It it takes that it's it's that one voice that, that says, "I don't know that this is a good idea. I don't know that this is what we should be doing. I think I'm going to try and get. I think I'm going to try and go a different way. And if you want to follow along with me, so much the better. If you don't, that's fine too. But I'm not going to go along with this. It, it's always that first person. It's it's always the tallest blade of grass that gets cut first. But it's also that first person that makes it okay for other people to start making asking questions as well. Does that make sense? That does. I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's, he's another preacher. And, and one, we were talking about this influencers, and he was taking some pot shots at, at influencers, and I get it. But one of the things that I said is, well, what's your job? And he said, oh, I'm a preacher. I said, so you're not yeah, trying to influence yeah. anybody? He said, no, I'm trying... 
oh yeah, yeah. I guess I yeah. am one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I was thinking that even as you, as you said, you know, that you're an influencer because you have a podcast. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're influencing, you know, millions of people. No. Uh, but every every Sunday, I climb the pulpit, and I am hoping to influence somebody in a very public way. That's exactly right. Um, so no, I, I get it. I get it. All right. Let me ask you this because this is this is basically the question that we always end on. How does recognizing what peer pressure is doing in our lives help us with God's upward call? Well, it comes back to that that cost, that uh, trade off, and that's the that's the crux of Paul's argument in Second Corinthians chapter six. You know, what does light have to do with darkness? What does Christ have to do with Belial? What does the temple of God have to do with the temple of idols? Mm-hmm. We're we're being called to a God who welcomes us. Mm-hmm who wants us to be his temple, who wants us to be his sons and daughters. Um, we, we hopefully have peers around us uh, and Kenny, uh, you know, I think, you know, I thank God for even, you know, yourself, uh, you know, you're trying to be a good influence on me and my family and, and others. Um, hopefully we're, we're surrounding ourselves with, with peers and, and brothers and sisters and, and godly minded people that are encouraging us in that upper call. And that can be a very good way in which peer pressure is in our lives, but also recognizing the, these influences around us. And it could be the individual persons in my school or in my workplace, or it could be, you know, the overall influence uh, of the news or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Those things, if I'm unequally yoked to those things, if I'm letting those things steer the course of my life, they're not taking me in the direction that I want to yeah. go. And so there's a cost. That's exactly right. The other thing, and this is one of the things that you, and I was so proud of you when you said this. I thought this was awesome. One of the things you said was you talked about the older reaching out to the younger. Uh, I think one of the things that when it comes to being somebody who can influence somebody else, it doesn't take much. It just takes a little attention to, to, to somebody else. I think it's easier for older to reach out to younger. If you want to reach out to somebody who's your, your age, do that. If you want to reach out to somebody who's older than you, do that. But whatever it is, if you think you can make a positive difference in somebody's life, influence them to a better decision, do that. Doesn't cost anything. And you'll usually be loved in the process. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. And ultimately, you know, a lot of times when we talk about this last question about how does this help us with our upward call? We come back to this that this this upward call isn't simply an individual upward call. It's the upward call of all of us together, yeah. and the the influence that we can have on each other. That's that's me. Yes, striving for heaven, being what I should be, but it's striving for heaven with other people in tow. That's exactly right. All right. So, what are you going to be talking about next week, Josh? Well, next week I will not be talking. Oh, really? I will not. No, um, you've been working JP, pretty hard. So, I mean. I tell you, two two Sundays <laughs> in a row. This is true. This is true. Well, that's um, some of that's just you know scheduling. Um, but uh, no, JP is going to be oh, speaking, cool. and, and JP has made a, a stated goal that um, when he's preaching on Sunday mornings this year, he wants to take us through uh, those characteristics of love from First Corinthians chapter thirteen. So I am going on the assumption that we are going to be talking about love and some of those things that love is based on First Corinthians chapter thirteen. That is a great idea. I look forward to hearing that. So I'll tell you what, why don't we talk about that next week? That sounds good. All righty, man. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, 
you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org, including the sermon that we discuss in this episode. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.